Hello. Welcome to the Traffic Peace Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business. How are you? Generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. I am the co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the Dean and Founder of Directions University at DirectionsUniversity.com. Calling in live this week from Bonita Springs, Florida, where it's beautiful and sunny and no clouds in the sky. And I won't rub it in, Jack, but it's a balmy 76 degrees today. And we have got a great show lined up for you guys today, including Jack, who's probably a lot colder than I am. Jack Humphrey, our associate dean at Directions University, is calling in live from Richmond, Indiana. Hello, Jack. Otherwise known as the North Pole. (laughs) I guess it's not so bad up here. We're, uh, We're out of the single digits, at least, so that's good. Oh, that's definitely an improvement, isn't it? <clears throat> Absolutely. It feels almost balmy up here. Well, I have been so looking forward to our guest today. Oh, my goodness, he's someone I've known for quite some time, but don't ever have any time to talk to him. So, Jack, I'll let you do the honors and tell everyone who we have with us today. We have Scott Patton, the Dean of Blogonomics and Podology at PowerPodcasters.com. He's uh, that's a good name, like blogonomics and podology. He's uh, been podcasting and teaching uh, podcasters since the spring of 2005. His top-ranked podcast, Weight Loss in the Mind, had 375,000 subscribers and 750,000 downloads in its first year. That's insane. His eBay podcast is the number one eBay podcast in iTunes. He's the executive producer of over 40 popular podcasts. 40. Are you kidding me? 40 popular podcasts on iTunes. And he just took a giant vacation in South America in late 2014 in Machu Picchu, in Ecuador, and Colombia. And he has two sons he's very proud of. And Scott, nice to meet you. I know you and Gina are old friends, but we haven't met yet. I'm glad you're here. Thanks, Jack. I'm I'm delighted to be here. And uh, I've been wanting to meet you for probably five or six years. So this is great. I'm thrilled. Oh, you were next in line. Yes. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. Well, I'm just really glad you're here. I'm glad we have somebody that's so daggone experienced with podcasts. And uh, and I'm I'm God. I've got a lot of questions for you. 375,000 subscribers. Uh, is that a current podcast? Weight loss in the mind. Well, that's one of the cool things about podcasting. Podcasting is permanent. And we actually haven't done a, a new episode on that show in uh, probably a year or two. And mm-hmm. it still just rolls on and on. And I, I know email marketing is really, really important. And But I challenge anybody to point to an email that they sent out eight years ago that has anybody reading it. And yet uh, we did our first Weight Loss in the Mind podcast probably in 2000 and late 2005 and we still have 20 or 30 or 40 people who listen to our very first one and we did over a hundred episodes and I get emails from people that say you know I just listened to your latest which I mean they don't really look at the dates your latest weight loss in the mind podcast and I've I've gone down to, to number one and I've downloaded all of them and I can't wait to go through the whole series and we haven't created one in a long time. So one of the things that I think is really exciting about podcasting is the fact that you can spend 10 or 15 or 20 minutes, create an audio or video, but I tend to focus on audio uh, file, upload it to a podcast host, and have people find it for as long as there is an Internet. That's pretty. Uh, that that point about email and and podcasts and people going back to listen to podcasts, but not. Of course, we know we don't go back and read old emails for fun. Of, co- of uh, course, we, we don't. Can, and our brand new emails, let alone our old ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
Uh, and it doesn't matter how good you are. Like I am also a copywriter. It doesn't matter how good a copywriter you are, or how good a um, even if I think of probably a, you know a fiction writer. Uh, if you're using something like email, we know that it has a definite lifespan. And what's and we also know that we have very sophisticated spam filters that even if it's not spam, we'll catch emails. And the cool thing about a podcast episode is it goes directly onto your computer, directly onto your phone, directly onto your iPad, directly onto your, well, yeah, I was going to say Android phone, but you know, that's just another phone. Uh, and there's no filter. Like if you want it, you're going to get it. Whereas I may want uh, to get emails from you and, some filter along the way says, oh, no, sorry, Jack, your email's not going to make it to Scott. And that's always been a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you were, uh, if your marketing was geared toward getting people instead of subscribing to a list to subscribe to your podcast, you'd be doing a lot better because it's 100% deliverability, right? That's right. It's 100% deliverability. And oftentimes, when we're, well, let's assume everybody's excited about whatever it is they want to market. Once you get talking about it, that excitement just revs right up. But if you're sitting in front of your computer, and I am right now, and I was just thinking, okay, if I was typing this to you in like a chat, you would not get like 80% of my excitement no matter how excited I am, because it's it's just like little black dots on a screen that form a letter as opposed to the tones, the um, the speed with which I talk, the, the, the pregnant pauses, all those things that happen naturally as we talk about something that we're excited. And the cool thing about podcasting is um, to be a really I, – I, I love email marketing. I, I don't want to pick on them, okay? Like I don't think you should stop email marketing if you are, and if you aren't, I think you should start. That's not the point. But the point is is that most people don't like to write. They're not particularly good writers. It takes a lot of training to write. Now, who has not talked on a phone in the last 24 hours? Probably everybody has, right? We talk on the phone all the time. We talk to our friends all the time. And we you know, if we're a football fan or a baseball fan or an opera fan or, you know, we love travel, whatever it is that we love, we tend to talk about those things. So we naturally tend to be excited when we talk about those things. So when it comes to podcasting, all you have to do is pretend you're talking to your friend either on a phone or I like to tell people it's it's like going to Starbucks, having a coffee with your friend, telling them about something you're really excited about, and everybody in the Starbucks is kind of leaning over listening to you. Because <laughs> that's really what podcasting is all about. Well, one of the things I always ask um, anybody who's into podcasting is, is your opinion on the state of podcasting. Like, I don't know what marketers assume out there, but I don't see a lot of marketers who are podcasters. Um, I see a lot that, of podcasters who market their podcast, but I don't see a lot of people. And is it because I, is it, it seems like even to this, in this day and age that podcasting seems like underground to me. I don't know if you understand or you know what I'm, but it's just like, I it's totally not agree. YouTube. You just can't go to YouTube and pop up a it's not as easy as like all the media that's in our face at all times on the web do you know what i mean i do and in fact only three percent of marketers are podcasting so hmm. this is kind of like 10 years ago when we were figuring out how to write emails that sold or we were trying to figure out how to actually deliver large lists of emails to to the recipients um, you know, a lot of people didn't didn't know. Oh, you should collect emails and then send out regular newsletters. And with podcasting, it's kind of the same sort of thing. It's really in the beginning, which creates, of course, a massive opportunity for people that get in now, uh, because you don't have like you do a search on weight loss in Google, you're going to come up with like 10 billion websites 
according to Google, right? Uh, just mm-hmm. an insane number. You you go into iTunes, which is the 800-pound gorilla of podcasting. That's where 80% of your traffic is going to come from. Uh, you'll you'll be lucky if you even see a thousand. I mean, maybe 800 could could be a thousand now. I remember when there was like 20 <laughs> weight loss yeah. podcasts, right? Uh, yoga tends to be huge for some reason. There's just tons and tons of yoga podcasts, uh, and I think it's just because it it's uh, it kind of works with that whole idea of you can just sit and listen to you know someone talking about yoga. And, uh, but anyway, there's not well, that, a lot that brings of up a really a good follow up question. There is, do you when you think of podcasts, do you think strictly in audio, or do you think video podcasts as well, or is it really is it really right to call a video podcast a video podcast? I think in terms of and. Uh, however, it depends a lot on – there's a couple things you need to think about. First of all, if you're a golf professional and you want to do a podcast, try talking somebody through fixing their putt. Not going to yeah. happen. Right. Well, I was so thinking the same thing when you said yoga, frankly. I, I couldn't believe you were talking about audio at that point. I'm like, what, now been this way? Or I don't know. I'm going to have to listen to a yoga podcast to figure out what that sounds like. Well, there's a lot of philosophy around yoga, and I think that's what probably gets talked about more oh. than than the actual positions, which was what, okay. you would, what I would recommend to a golf professional, too. If you're going to talk about the mind side of, uh, of golfing, or you know how to focus those sort of things. Absolutely, you could do that as an audio versus a video. Um, this, so I'm because so what a podcast is is basically it's an audio or video file that is directly downloaded onto your iPhone. Let's just I'll just keep it really simple, okay? So you have an iPhone, you go to the iPhone the podcast app, you click on it, you say, oh, there's Scott's uh, podcast. I want to listen to it. You tap on it, you hit subscribe. And you never have to worry about it after that. It'll kind of pop up with a little one and a red dot uh, telling you when there's a new one. You pop it open, you click on it, and you listen to me in your ears, right? So it's a very intimate type of experience for most people because it's really one-to-many but one-to-one because usually you have ear uh, headset or earbuds in. So imagine a bunch of people sitting on a beach. They've got all these wires into their ears, and we assume they're listening to pop music or something, but a a percentage of them are actually listening to you talking about whatever it is you're interested in because they are also interested in in it. So you can, you have this whole portability that, that, that we, we really never had before, which is what makes it really, really exciting. And that portability also, the other thing that used to have used to be is we were shackled to our computer. Remember those big, desktop computer things like you couldn't grab that put an extension cord take it out to the beach with you plug in and listen to it that way it just wasn't never going to happen right so because we now have the podcast able to bypass the computer bypass the laptop go directly to the phone to the ipod to the ipad pardon me you you now are able to be connected with people when they're stuck in their commute when they're walking the dog when they're waiting in line at the grocery store, when they're traveling to South America for eight hours and don't know what they're going to be doing, they could be listening to you uh, talking on your podcast. Now, if you're in the car and your market, you know you're... Like, there's a lot of people that are training their followers to turn the car into a online university, right? So, and I can remember being told, yeah, you, you take these audios and you burn them onto a CD and they weren't talking about podcasts in those days and you listen to these you listen to Tony Robbins on your way to work you listen to Tony Robbins on your way to back from work and you get like pumped up champion sort of thing yeah. right well we've trained for for 10 or 15 years people to do this and now Apple and all the car manufacturers are going to be putting the something into the cars that allows you to just push a button and look through a list of podcasts and now you can be listening to a podcast as you're driving and you don't even actually have to go through the, the, the motions of attaching your iPhone to your radio or anything anymore. So we're getting to the point where uh, 
we're going to be the same as AM, FM radio. And in fact, when you look at the surveys and the studies, we're podcasting is almost consumed as much as AM, FM radio. Uh, we're about 25.9% and AM, FM is 27.5%. Now, my mom listens to the TV music channel all the time. And so I thought that was really popular. And that's only 5%. And hmm. all those CDs you have at home that are collecting dust, like mine, that's 22%. So podcasting is becoming uh, you know, as mainstream as AM, FM radio. And I happen to know this because we actually did – one of the things that happens when you do things like podcasting is people listen. And some of the people that listen are in the mass media industry. And we got approached and we actually did um, – a half season of weight loss in the mind on our local AM FM, our local AM radio. I mean, and uh, so I asked the guys like, you know, like if I just wanted to do a show, you know, like if I just walked off the street and said, I want to do a show one hour a week for a month there, you know, it's like, what would it cost me? $5,000. So I can tell you right now that you're not going to, if you did podcasting and, and saved that $5,000, you would have pretty much $5,000 to go on a trip somewhere if you wanted to do that. So that's kind of the difference when it comes to cost. Uh, in term, you, know, you don't need this huge uh, radio production studio. You just basically need yeah. your computer, a really good mic, um, and maybe a couple pieces of software that you know, cost under $100 and you're set. You know the point you make about the cars in in particular, and the fact that uh, it's another death knell for, um, or another massive hurdle for email at the very least, is that you don't read email in a car, and <laughs> the fact that it's it much much. much <laughs> well, you're not supposed to read email in a car, uh, <laughs> yeah. but you, but you. You do listen, and it also brings up uh, when Gina last year showed me what was up with the uh, new style of Google search uh, on Android when you do a search uh, and you do voice search. You would do that in the car if you were being responsible, uh, and uh, you just say, okay, Google, and it's off to the races, and then it knows you're probably in a situation where you'd like to hear the first or second result. And then it just starts talking to you, like the lifespan of a squirrel. If you do that, okay, Google, lifespan of a squirrel, you're going to get an audio response. And it just makes wow. me think about all those opportunities to get into a very intimate space with somebody where the only option would be audio. Would only, I mm -hmm. mean, there's no other option. They can't watch anything. Mm -hmm. And they can't read anything. And that's a massive amount of people that are commuting constantly and the number of hours that – the billions of hours that people are on the road every year uh, listening, looking for something to listen to. If cars are going to be equipped with easy podcasts, and plus people are carrying it right into their cars, right? They've been yes. doing that for quite a long time with their phones and Bluetooth right through their speakers. They can listen to the, any podcast that they're subscribed to as well. And they've been doing that for years, right? Yeah. And if you have an older car, you do what I do, which is plug this thing into the the uh, cigarette lighter and plug your iPhone into that thing, and then it it plays through your through your uh, through your radio. I, yeah, and you're right, the Bluetooth all the time. So I mean, it is so easy now for people to be listening to your to your to your message. I really want to talk about it as a message as opposed to a podcast. Podcast is just the delivery of your message. And now you can be very, very intimate one-on-one -on -one for like 20 or 30 minutes uninterrupted because it's usually the minimum commute time. Places like LA and New York, it's probably an hour. And that's one of the questions that I get a lot is how long should my podcast be? And I always recommend 20 minutes because 10 years ago, AOL did this study and found out that 20 minutes was the longest anyone on a computer went without being interrupted. But, uh, you know, when it comes to commute times, that would be a factor. Like if, you're, if your message is aimed at people in New York and you know that they're going to be on the subway for an hour or you know that they're going to be in their car for an hour, then why not make it an hour or do more, right? Sometimes uh, one of the difficulties of a longer podcast or longer audio, longer video is the fact that 
if they get interrupted and they stop, how do they start up again at that same time? Sometimes the the program that they're listening with will track that and start them up at the same time, and that's happening more and more. I'm really actually kind of amazed how I can be watching a, a YouTube video on my computer and then I switch to my iPad and it actually starts up at the same place. I'm like, how did it know? But um, So that's a reason why we tend to want to make it shorter lengths, like 10 minutes, 20 minutes. When I'm looking for a guest, I trick all of my guests. I tell them that I only want to talk to them for 15 minutes about their topic. Is that fine? And they go, sure. And then I just let them run because after we've warmed up, I know they're going to go for at least a half an hour. <laughs> but when you talk to somebody and you say, yeah, I, I like to I'm doing that right now. Hour. Can you tell? I, yeah. I was letting you just go and go, I'm going to do that. I'm going to keep doing that. I'm tricking you. Yeah, there you go. Darn it. <laughs> I hate it when people trick me like that. But that's what happens because when you get a guest on your show, they're excited about it and you're excited to learn, hopefully. And the energy just builds up, builds up, and builds up, which is what you want for really good radio. I mean, if you were listening to the radio, and I listen to AM radio all the time because as a podcaster, those guys are the professionals. So how do they go for a break? How do they start their show? How do they segue into a, another section? How do they, how do they, how do they? And I very, very rarely is there one guy talking on the radio for any length of time. It's mm-hmm. almost always two or three people. So the other question people ask me is, should I just do it myself and do a monologue, or should I have guests or a co-host? I always say, have a guest or a co-host, because when you're talking and you're talking by yourself, after a while you sort of let the energy drop. And your co-host or your guest, if they're doing it or you're doing it, will generally jump in and rev the energy back up again for you. And that's what has always happened subconsciously, I think, with the majority of the people that I've interviewed or uh, had as co-hosts on my podcasts. So it's really easy to keep the energy up. You've got the flow back and forth. Uh, you, you've got the, the um, spontaneity that happens when two people are talking with each other versus when two people are reading a script versus when one person's reading oh, yeah. a script or... One person's trying to remember what it was he wanted to say and forgot. Yeah, I'm a big fan of not really just letting the thing go. And typically you're going to have guests that have been on, this is not their first uh, rodeo. <laughs> and they know what yes. to do and they've been on things before. And you got to let that. I am a firm believer that you have to let that process play out. You can't script things. You can't. You know, at the very most, what what I like to do is if somebody wants to be asked some certain questions, I'll work them in. But only if the conversation ends up going in that direction, the riffing off of other people is not just, I feel, the, for just the energy's sake. Because your energy, like you said, definitely does drain and wane over time. And yes. And I've never been one that could figure out how you could just start a conversation and be the conversation and go all the way through and end the conversation at the same time. I just never understood that. I always have to have somebody to riff off of. That's why Gina's here and Jan is here and guests are here. And cause I couldn't do this. I, I just think it's boring if you, it's you know, in many ways, not just the energy stuff, but it just doesn't work. Cause the guests will give you ideas and then you will give the guest ideas and you will end up talking about, wildly great things a lot of times sometimes it doesn't work but striving for that perfection i think is a big mistake going well if it's not going to be this time because we've got it totally scripted out that's right that's right now having said that i did work with one uh, client who insisted on having a script and Mm -hmm. i thought it would be a catastrophe and for him it worked out really well he just said here are the questions here's my answer and so you know when I'm going to be coming to the end of the answer and you can get ready to ask the next question. And and it was fine, which reminds me of people who are actors or or I was going to say actors in the theater or actors on TV or actors in movies. You know, that's pretty much that's scripted. Of course, oftentimes some of the best comedy parts are improv that the movie makers weren't expecting that the comedian just came, came off of. So uh, there... 
the, the key to the whole thing is what are you comfortable with? If you're a Shakespearean actor and you're used to taking direction and you're used to having a script and reading the script and giving it all that emotion and everything else and that's what you want to do, like, God bless you. And if you're not and you're like Jack and me, you just get together, have a good time, pretend you're at Starbucks having the coffee and let her rip. Yeah. Well, I'm always going to say that that's the best way to do it. But I think that even I or anybody who was just coming to podcasting and, and, and you think you have a way that that would be most comfortable for you to do something, that's cool. Put that in your pocket and then go to iTunes and start listening to podcasts that are really popular. And only then make your decision as to what the best way that you should probably proceed with your own podcast, the format and the structure of it. Because at the end of the day, people like doing things, like receiving stuff in a certain way, and they're voting for that that way that they like every single day in iTunes, right? Yes. Well, and one of the things, one of the reasons why I wanted to make that particular point is we're seeing a lot of radio talent moving over to podcasting. And one of the reasons why podcasting is kind of in the news now uh, is because of a podcast called Serial that's had just insane downloads. And that came from, I believe, the Discovery Channel. People that were doing stuff at the Discovery Channel and decided to put out a podcast. And so that happens every once in a while. And so those people, uh, like, face it, like the radio is, is I was going to say dying. It's probably not true, but, like, it's having a tough time, right? And TV similarly, I think. And so those people are that are getting into it, I mean, they're, they're they're graduating from whatever courses. They're trying to get in. They can't get in. What do they do? Well, you know, they start podcasting because it's a great way to practice video, audio, YouTube. You know, it's a great way to practice your skills. And then what happens is a lot of people who are looking for hiring for their radio or their TV or their movies or whatever, they look, wow, this guy does a really good job or, wow, this guy's really kind of funny or the production that these people did was excellent some of the fan trailers for movies and stuff that people are creating are, are absolutely amazing in terms of creativity and the technical skills that went into it. And so what we're seeing, because really you can do a, a podcast with a relatively inexpensive, like I would recommend about an $80 mic and some sort of a free audacity is a free audio recording software. And, uh, you know, put put the mic in front of you, get two people together, talk into the mic, hit record, upload it to the podcast host that you want, and you're done. So, you know, these people look at it and go, well, this is child's play. And it's very, very inexpensive in terms of, of hosting your podcasts and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And the qual, you know, the quality of the delivery is good. So, and it's worldwide instead of locals. So all of a sudden their reach gets, gets, uh, it's out there a lot. And so we're, we're seeing an influx of those type of people into the industry, which is always good because it raises standards. Yeah. And not necessarily cost of entry. Who, I'm sorry. Do you, do you have any advice for people who can't have or should not have um, or don't want to have people sitting in the room with them? How do they integrate that other person uh, nowadays with the tools that we have now? I know that some people, you know, go through Skype. Uh, some people have a radio show and they go through blog talk radio <laughs> or they, they have mm-hmm. some way to connect all their guests to and have the podcast recording properly as they're doing it. What is the hottest way to do that now? What's the easy way to do that now? Uh, well, let me start with the way I've always done it, which isn't what I would say is the hottest or necessarily the best way to no, do it No, we just today. need the, the hip and the trendy and what the kids are using right now. No, actually, I, sh- I shouldn't have asked it that way. I should have just said, what is the best way, and leave it at that, because, yeah, this thing is not – it's never been rocket science, so it really isn't an industry that needs a whole huge influx all the time of new software and tools, right? Right. I, forever, I use Skype. Uh, I love using Skype because I can contact that person. If they have Skype, no problem. If they don't have Skype, I phone them on their phone. I use a, I have a Mac, so I use a program called Call Recorder to record the calls. If 
for some reason we want to do a video Skype call, it will record the video as well. So I will, I, I'm used to it. I love it. It's, it's easy. It's just like making a phone call, and the quality of the sound is usually really good. The odd time, if there's a problem with your Internet connection or my Internet connection, we could have some crackling going on or that sort of stuff. It has happened over the last 10 years, but, but rarely. And that's, you know, always what happens with growth. And uh, if you have a PC, PowerGrammo is a great program for doing the same thing on your PC. Uh, if you have an iPad, there are apps that will record audio so you can do a call from your iPhone uh, or your iPad to somebody else and record using that. We're actually going to be – I'm resisting it because, hey, I hate change like everybody else. Uh, <laughs> but but we're really getting to the point where you'd be able to just call somebody on your phone with your earbuds if you wanted to or Bluetooth headset and record and then upload and you're done and you don't actually even need your computer. It's good. It's, you know, we're so close to that, particularly with what you were talking about speaking into the search in an Android. We're going to, it'll be like that. It'll be like computer, you know, edit out the ums and ahs and the audio, please. Boom, 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 boom. And then edit out, you know, 302 to 308 because that, you know, was kind of dumb what he said. It'll do that. And then upload to, my podcast host, and you're kind of done. That's not we're not there yet, but I can definitely see it coming. Um, I, if you were to ask me, now I'm starting my podcast, Scott. How should I go through the process? I would say use Google Live, sorry, Google Hangouts or YouTube Live, and create a video every time. And then what I would do is say extract the audio and use the audio and or video on your podcast and I would recommend you have an audio podcast, a video podcast and a YouTube channel. What happens with Google Hangouts and YouTube Live is of course now it's a different kettle of fish because one of the advantages of podcasting is it's it's delivered whenever you want it to be delivered in terms of the consumer, they can just go download it whenever they want, which is which will still be true, but when you do it live uh the people that are listening to you live, you can't edit out any of the mistakes that you make. Whereas if most of the times what happens is I do a podcast recording, I go and I edit it, a little music at the beginning, an intro and extra, that sort of stuff, make sure it's it's good, and then I upload it, and then you, you listen to it. But when you're doing it live, uh, if there's any like, oh, I forgot what I was going to say going on, that comes out live. Of course, you can edit it out later, but I'm just, I'm just saying that that's one of the things things you have to be aware of when you're doing it live. So I would do a Google Hangout because Google will okay. uh, Google will will rank that really, really highly. And of course, you always talk about your podcast in, in the Hangout. Um, so that's going to drive more traffic to you. And that's something we never had before. Um, but it's, it's a very easy way to create your audio. You don't actually then have to even worry about a recording software. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. I was thinking about the elegance and simplicity of audio uh, because video, you know, can bring up so many. Um, it's not just doubling the amount of effort in video. And Hangouts has made it a lot easier. So everybody slowed down on their critique of, if they had any at all, of video being so much more work. And especially mm-hmm. then if you get into editing and stuff. I was going to ask you, how much? how much do you edit? your podcast. Do you go for the NPR sound and the highly, no. highly edited and extremely high quality, or do you just, are, are you more like what we're doing now? Like what we're doing now. I call it guerrilla marketing. So you just get in, you get down and dirty, you're real, this is the way it is. Uh, the NPR in Canada, CBC, uh, great quality interviews and everything else. Uh, but who wants to spend that amount of time <laughs> doing it, right? Uh, and the equipment and everything else. Like, you have an important message. You want your excitement to flow through. You don't want to edit it out as much as you can. As much as you can. <clears throat> Normally, when I do a 20 to 30 minute uh, podcast session with somebody, I will talk to them for 10 or 15 minutes beforehand to warm them up and connect. You really have to have a strong connection with your guest and your co-host. And that doesn't usually come from 
okay, I'm hitting the record button, let's go. Usually what you want to do is talk to them for a few minutes before, get them relaxed, get yourself relaxed, kind of get in the mood, um, and then say, okay, here we go. We're going to have some fun. Five, four, three, two, click, record. Hey, welcome to our show. And so my process is that's the beginning part. I hit record. When we're done, I, I have some sort of, you know, thank you very much for listening. Really appreciate having you on the show. See you next time. I learned that. Like, if you listen to every radio show, it's like, we're back tomorrow. See you then. Like, they're embedding commands and telling people, come back. So I thought, well, why, should, why don't I do that, too? So that's what we do. And then I hit the stop button. And usually there's a little bit of sound at the beginning. Uh, sorry, empty space. Like, no sound at the beginning. A little bit of no sound at the end. <clears throat> I open up my audio program. I use GarageBand. I chop that off, chop that off, both ends. I have a little 10 seconds of music that's already <clears throat> in GarageBand waiting. I just move them to the beginning and the end of the of the audio, and then I hit export to podcast or something. Like I forget what it is, share. So my editing, and, and I have a notepad because if he swears, for example, and this is a kiddies podcast, I use that, uh, I make a note of the time, <clears throat> and then I go in and I just chop out that that little bit, and and so I spend less than four minutes usually editing. Um, I hear now, it. yeah. Now, Jack, you and I are doing a podcast together. Um, we know that we're not perfect. We're going to make a mistake. We're going to like have a brain fart or freeze or whatever you want to call it, and mumble or whatever. So <clears throat> here's the rule. Be quiet. As soon as you make a mistake, on, not, not live, you can't do it if you're live, but we're just recording on my computer. As soon as you make a mistake, shut up. Quiet. That causes a line in the, in the waveform that I can see. Then we say, you know, so like, I don't know, 10 seconds, 15 seconds. Okay, Jack, you know, did you remember what it is you want to talk about? Or, okay, Jack, look, I'm sorry I said that stupid thing. <laughs> Whatever it is, we talk about it. Are you ready? Yeah, okay. We're quiet again. <clears throat> that was a really good point you made, Jack, blah, 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 and away we go. And then what happens, of course, is that when all I have to do is scan through, oh, there's the silent spot, put my cursor there, click split, put it at the end, the next silent spot, click split, move the two together, and it just, and then I listen to it, and it usually flows. Now, you and I will know, oh, yeah, that's where we screwed up, but nobody else will because what the listener does, the brains of your listeners smooths over anything mm -hmm. that's not congruent. So while we'll listen to it, which is why when you see yourself on video or you listen to yourself, you go, ah, you know, because we are so close to it. We can see the blemishes and the pimples, but nobody else can. Yeah. That is fascinating, actually, because I've done edits and I've gotten really stupid about it. I've really, really edited stuff before. Every little pop, crack, um, uh, every single thing. And when you do like a hundred of those in the space of a podcast, it's you're just gonna there's, you're gonna do things you can't get back because you probably saved it by now. And then there are those things, but uh, you can hear them. But on things like that, when the worst one that I ever did, I didn't get one single person come back. And I had some pretty nitpicky people at times, but uh, and it just told me that 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 what you just said is very very true. <laughs> they do smooth over a lot of stuff. We can be hyper self-critical and uh i went through that phase and i'll tell you i got nothing out of it you don't need to do that <laughs> because it would just be a wasted exercise it it doesn't you know unless you're trained to put together a podcast uh or a, a production really uh, like public radio and and i did i went to uh, ball state and i got a david letterman scholarship and i was trained i was a uh, cut and tape and everything else and shooting in the studio all of that stuff and uh, that was a four-year degree, and it's um, something that really people that podcasting is supposed to be casual. It's supposed to not have that feel. A lot of people like it because it doesn't have that feel. It is really nice to listen to one of those shows that's just really well done. But sometimes 
your podcast, I believe, could turn into one of those that feels like that just because you rocked it with the rules that Scott's been talking about so far. I mean, it's just, uh, it can really work out that way. Have you had some that they are like, wow, this is just like, like radio. This is odd. That was perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you pay attention, right? And then the way that you change is self-awareness. So I always tell everybody, listen to your podcasts. You don't want to because you don't – it takes a while to get used to the sound of your voice. And once you're used to the sound of your voice, then it's a non-issue. But by listening, you're able to recognize the habits that you have that are bad because that's really what stands out. We're doing weight loss in the mind. We use the word right after every sentence. And we didn't know, obviously. And my co-host hmm. listened and he said, Scott, he said, we use right we were reinforcing right, I think, in each other is what happened. Like it wasn't that we started out that way. It just ended up. And he said, we use, we use right after every sentence. And I listened. And I go, you're right. <laughs> so it became a big <laughs> joke because now we were aware of it. And we would try not to, but it would pop out. And, and the way lost the mind one was one where we had a microphone and the two of us in a room. Most of the ones I do are Skype calls or Google Hangout type things. Not, not normally am I with the person. And, you know, when you're, when you're sitting across from somebody and you got this mic between the two of us and then you say something and the other one's like, yeah, you screwed up. You, you know, it just brings a whole new level to the, to the production. But over time, we got that out. Now I'm noticing so is a word I'm using all the time. So this, so that, so that. And I edit out the so every once in a while just because I, I notice it as I'm listening through not not a lot, but, but the odd time. That doesn't happen unless you get the feedback. So the beauty of the podcasting is if you want to be a speaker and stand up in front of 500 or 5,000 or 50,000 people, do a podcast, really practice your skills. Listen to the podcast. You get the feedback from your audience. You get the feedback from yourself. You get the feedback from your coaches and your mentors, and you improve. And then when you get that chance to be in front of 50,000 people, you've got possibly hundreds and hundreds of hours of practice behind you as opposed to, and I did this talk once, right? I think it will really improve your confidence and it really improve your speaking ability. Well, we have some questions stacked up here um, that I don't know if we need to go through in the time that we have left, all of them, because – what is included in uh, your site, powerpodcasters.com? Will people learn things like what format, how often and how long do you do a podcast, all of those kinds of things, or what exactly is included in that? Everything you need to go from I haven't got a clue what podcasting is, I don't know why I should podcast, to setting up your show, uh, what you need to do in order to prepare to record your episode, how you can record, you know the process of recording your audio it's a it's a um, the course is set up so it doesn't matter if you're a beginner or you're an advanced podcaster there's some stuff in there for you but i did focus predominantly on audio simply because i felt you don't have to worry about the makeup how's your hair look is it the right type of shirt all those sort of things you can just talk and to me the most important thing for anyone starting out is get that first one done as fast as possible. And to me, that is get a microphone because our computers all have them anyway. If you, if you, you know, like there's no excuse. You've got everything now. Probably if you have a computer that you need, get a couple programs, uh, one program like PowerGram or, or uh, Call Recorder so you can record and get it up. So we set up your, your first episode. We show you how to submit it to, to iTunes. We talk a little bit about um, how to get, how to market. I hate to use the word marketed, how to get exposure for your show and how to get more listeners and more subscribers and that sort of stuff. The f- truth of the matter is, like, I swear on a stack of Bibles, this is true. When we did mm-hmm. weight loss in the mind, it was an experiment for me. I wanted to know the answer to the question, what would happen if, all I did was a weekly 
20 to 30 minute podcast show and nothing else. No, yeah. and then in those days, like no Google AdWords, there was no Facebook, there was no Twitter, there was no like YouTube was a twinkle in somebody's eye, uh, but there was no find somebody with a huge list and have a mail out, or there was no website, there was nothing, and we had 375,000 people subscribe. So obviously, you know, get into Facebook tweets have a YouTube channel, all those, you know, we talk a little bit about all those sort of things, how to use social media, how to publicize your podcast and everything else. But the truth is, if you have a good show, iTunes will help you find people. And there's 250 million people uh, who have bought iPhones. Forget about the end. I mean, 75 million iPhones were sold in the last three months. So, they're wanting to do stuff on it, and one of the things they want to do is listen. Why not listen to you? Another area that I think people have a problem with is speaking. And so I have a whole section called Power Voice Coaching. I work with a voice coach, and we've done a number of recordings. I'm going to be adding to it on an ongoing basis for for you to hear some tips on how to put your best voice forward, what to do. Some We even get into some exercises like... <laughs> to get your lips and everything kind of moving so that you sound really good when you're on the we're on the show. You don't really sound really good if you do that and record it, but that's part of the fun. The other thing, you know what, the I, way I've said it. I was just going to say, I, that just reminded me, we just watched the King's speech, and I think that has to be oh, required, yeah. required viewing because what a weird thing that we just saw that. And uh, now you're on, and you just said that little exercise. And if nobody knows what I'm talking about, just go look up the King's Speech. It was it's a really awesome really well movie. Yeah, I'm gonna add that. That's thank you very much, Jack. I'm gonna add that to my uh, to my my podcast course. Required watching <laughs> the King's yes. Speech. Awesome. It would be. It would. It is. I think it would be very very helpful for everybody thinking about doing a podcast. Yep. Yeah. Kind of funny. And particularly exactly overcoming the fear, like the, the poor king, right? Stuttering and everything else. Um, yeah, so the, the last thing I wanted to say about the course is we have an area, discussion area, where so if you have a question, if something's not clear, you can ask. You have access to me. Um, I also give you my email, and you can email me as well, but I like to have the discussions going on because if you have a question, we have... I'm sure one of the 700-odd other students in my course are going to have the same question, and that way we all learn and grow together. And another thing is, I think th that would be helpful is that you, you, you should know that you never stop learning, which is why I just signed up for the course uh, at uh, powerpodcasters.com, and I'm waiting for my welcome email. I'm anxious to hear this because I really I just devour this stuff wherever I see people who are really accomplished as you are at this and have a lot of experience under your belt. I, I know I always have things to learn and uh, I can't wait to see what's in the course. Again, that's at powerpodcasters.com. And finally, thank you so much, Scott. We have a section coming up with Jan now, Gina, do you have that ready? And when she says, yes, I, I will do. say again, thank you thank so you, much. Scott. Scott, this being was on the fantastic. Show. Thank you. I'm just delighted to to be uh, reconnected with you, Gina and and Jack. It's a dream come true to meet you at long last. Oh, I am so looking forward to our conversation later this week, Scott. Talk to you then. Talk to you then. Thank you. Thank you. And next up, we have Jan talking to another DU student, Barry McLawhorn about strategic venture marketing and power leveraging. Here we go. Hi, this is Jan Riley, and today I want to welcome really special guest, Barry McLawhorn. Uh, Barry is the person who introduced me to Gina and Jack. So first of all, let me say a big hearty thank you for that. You're very welcome. So I wondered if you would tell people a little bit about what you do and how you help people. I'm a digital alchemist. I create money out of nothing. 
And basically, I do that by being aware of what uh, value is out there and then connecting people that have value to each other. That's wonderful. So, you know, a lot of people, when they're looking at creating a digital business, they see it um, as either you create a product online and then you try to find the people to sell it to, or they're trying to translate their offline business uh, to the online media. And I noticed that you have worked in both areas with strictly online businesses and offline businesses. How do you see those as being different or do you? Well, it depends on how you're looking at it. If you're looking at it from the point of creating your own online business, that's a very steep learning curve. If you're looking at it from understanding the principles that make an online business successful, and then at times, as you mentioned, going into the corporate market and taking those simple online principles into the corporate market, then it's a much easier process. It's a much easier way to benefit the client. Now, when I talk about benefiting the client, there's a lot of ways to benefit the client. And when I talk about digital alchemy, most people uh, refer to that as a way which means having one, having two or more people uh, that combine their resources in a way that uh, benefits both parties. What I'm talking about is that there's there's people that have an online business, and they sort of see their business one way. Oops, sorry. And then there's people that have offline businesses that are bringing their businesses online. And I know that you work with both types of clients. Okay. And that... Uh, the answer to that question really is that marketing fundamentals are the same, whether you're talking about an online business or an offline business, whether you're talking about a brick and mortar business, whether you're talking about a home-based business, mm-hmm. you're looking at what value you bring to the client or what value you bring to the customer. Okay. So when you look at nothing but that, you see things in a completely different way. And when you look at people from the standpoint of what value, what resources do you have that you can bring to them or who do you know, which can be another resource uh, that you can bring to them, then it gives you a whole different viewpoint. So what I like to look at is that there's, in my mind, there's seven simple steps to doing your first joint venture, okay? And the first step is you need to get really clear about what you have to offer, okay? What you have to offer can be something that is yours. It can be something that you have access to through someone else. It can be a product. It can be access to a person or it can be access to a community. Just like you are, you and I are associated with directions university. Um, I have access to, you know, other communities and so on. So when you have access to that community, that's a huge benefit. So even if you just bring a speaker or you bring uh, some kind of uh, piece of software, anything that you can bring to that community, or any person you can bring that community to uh, that need where the where the needs of the community are fulfilled, that's a huge opportunity for both the community, for you, and for the person that you're introducing to the community. Yeah, that's really true. And I think a lot of people don't really understand the difference between a product and value. True. You can have value without a product. You can have value just just simply from the chemistry of being able to introduce one person to another that can be of service to each other. So, when, go ahead. Well, what I was thinking is when you're looking at uh, discovering the value with different people and organizations that you work with, what are some of the things that you find that they may not be noticing? Wow, that's a great question. You, you really have to just be constantly aware of, first of all, the value that you have. And you hear me talk about this constantly when I talk about listing all of your assets. And when I talk about listing all of your assets, most people don't have a clue how to do that. But you need to start out with what your physical assets are, what your tangible assets are, what your spiritual assets are what your relationships are, all of those things. And then you get a, tr- you get a better understanding of what your true value is in a given community or even in the world or in the universe. That's the first step. Then you have to look at other people the same way because most people don't have a clear understanding of what their value is. 
Most people go around the go through life lying to themselves, pretty much saying they have no value. When they, the exact opposite is true. Everybody has a tremendous amount of value, and everybody is usually a true expert or a true authority in some area, and they just don't ever really explore that. So it's really just looking at things, you know, from outside the box, inside the box, under the box, or whatever, and trying to uncover all the value and all the ways to leverage that value that you possibly can. And what I do when I am meeting somebody, I write down the three biggest benefits I have to offer. I consider what that person you know, what that person requires in order to accomplish their goals. For instance, if you're approaching somebody that's already a successful internet marketer and has a list, then they require something that's of value to their community. They require something that in one way or another, they can derive value from introducing that to their community. Usually that value comes in the form of a commission or uh, some other form of compensation to an affiliate. And they require a medium of getting that to their audience, and they require timing in order to make sure that people get it at a time when it's most beneficial. So being really clear on what you have to offer becomes the, the real tipping point in uh, attracting somebody to do business with you. Well, I really love that explanation, and I'm so glad that you went into depth with that because – I, I believe that it's a real critical part of success for any person as well as working with other people. You know, exactly. it, it really is. So if people want to find out uh, how to work with you or want to find out more about you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, the best way for them to do that is probably just to reach out to me via text on my cell phone. And that's 404-964-6595, 404-964-6595. It's always best to send me a text first because I do most of my businesses via, via phone or internet, so I'm almost always in, a, in communication with somebody. But what I will do, I'll respond to that by responding to the text and saying, okay, yes, I'm available now or suggesting an alternate time uh, is, is the best way to reach me. You can also find me on LinkedIn just by searching for my name. Uh, it's Barry McLawhorn, M-C-L-A-W-H-O-R-N, or you can connect on Facebook. So, Barry, what is it that you look for when you want to start working with somebody? What's the, the spark requirement that you go, oh, this is somebody I really want to work with? That is absolutely the most important thing. And uh, a couple of the business partners that I work with now, we have really started to get clear on that. And that is you really want to look for someone that you're in alignment with. Uh, for instance, when we're working with people with, with um, Directions University, Gina and I look for somebody that has a a mindset of non-scarcity, people that have an understanding of service to others, okay? And if you don't have that, then, then it's not going to work because you're not going to understand the magic of being able to give to others and to receive in ways that you may not comprehend uh, over time. Interesting. Okay, well, I really appreciate your time. And uh, I'm going to look forward to seeing what else you bring to DU. Thank you very much, Jan. All right. I'll talk with you soon. All right. Bye. Hi. Once again, this is Jan Riley, and thanks so much for joining us. Stay tuned because we've got Gina Gaudio-Graves and Jack Humphrey. They're getting ready to continue with our special featured guest. And I want to invite you now to visit me on my website and at youcreateyou.com. So that you can learn how to do that. Fantastic show today, Jack, wasn't it? Absolutely. I love talking about podcasting. Mm-mm-mm, me too. Well, we've got a call coming up in a couple of days with Scott Patton to see if we can't entice him into being a part of the DU faculty. 
So I'm just going to put that out there and say, oh, I'm hoping he says yes. Me too. Absolutely. Well, remember, everyone, to join us next week, same time, same place, for yet another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. We have got some huge announcements coming out over the next couple of weeks at Directions University. So remember to check on directionsuniversity.com or on our profiles on Google Plus or Facebook to see all that we have in store for you guys this year. It is going to be a fun year, isn't it, Jack? Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Well, I can wait. It is that year, so I'm just going to have fun and have been having fun from day one of this year. Just can't. I hope it lasts for uh, longer than a year. Oh, me too. At least the next three to five. No, I just mean 2015. I want it to last longer than a year. If if we can just put <laughs> a request in the universe. <clears throat> Join us each week, guys, and we'll keep you posted on all the great stuff that you can have at DU to help you grow a business that really is based on your life and the serving and good you do in the world. See you all next week. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Jen. Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters. From traffic to conversion to business success.